Hello and welcome to Kingdom Conversations, a ministry of Faith Covenant Church. We are so excited to have you today as we talk about all things related to the Kingdom of God. Hello and welcome to Kingdom Conversations. I am so excited to have um, two guests here tonight that I have had the privilege of praying for and getting to know through social media and through conversations. Josh has been a guest before on the podcast and his beautiful wife, Melissa, is here. So I am going to start by asking you both, will you introduce yourself to us and tell us how did you meet how did you fall in love well my name is josh and i'm melissa and um i met her in prison she (laughs) (laughs) no we uh prison ministry prison ministry um we we were both preparing to go on a trip a missions trip to um dc to share the gospel during the fourth of july holiday and it was a trip that we did or i had done you know probably five years already in a row and that particular year, I saw her come up to one of the interest meetings, and I thought, wow, she's beautiful. And um, I don't, I've never seen her before. She seems out of place. Like, I've, usually it's the same people over and over. And as time went on, we got to know each other better during the trip. And I made it a point to always get close to her. And, <laughs> and uh, wherever she was, I went. Did you notice that? He was trying to make a point it to get close to It was very obvious, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say we did a, a garage sale to raise money for the trip, and he came over and he started folding clothes next to me. Um, I don't think he was actually really folding them great. He just started, like, tossing around clothes, asking me questions. And I knew he was trying to get to know me because to this day I've never seen him fold another shirt. <laughs> Hey, that is actually a great tip for men. Act like you're folding clothes. That's right. right? That's right. That's so funny. And so um, that was on a trip, and you came back, and then you started dating. Well, came back, and then two days later, we went to dinner, Mm -hmm. and I just told her very flat out that I've been praying for a wife, and that that I was really impressed just by her heart for the Lord, and that she's beautiful, and... And you know, would you cons- would you do you feel the same way? Would you consider us being together? And to my total surprise, she said, <laughs> "Yeah." Aww. And about a month, we we kind of just took it like a month just to pray and just spend some you know time together. And then a month later, we agreed, "Yeah, this this is from the Lord." Mm-hmm. And so we started courting, dating, whatever. And then four months, three months later, we got engaged. Wow! And then got married. That is such an awesome story. So, Melissa, what is one thing that immediately you fell in love with about Josh? Absolutely, his heart for the Lord. Um, I went on this trip. Well, I was supposed to go on the trip the year before, and I chickened out because, you know, sharing the gospel to me is very scary. I mean, it is for everyone. Um, but the Lord pushed me in that direction the next so year. So you married Josh Pay. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You see how the Lord has a sense of humor there. Um, but so he pushed me in that direction the following year, and um, – we met, we went on the trip, and my, my heart's intention was just to go learn how to share my faith and really just be there, um, pouring my heart out for the Lord. And I observed Josh, and he was just, he's, on, he's to this day, he's just on fire for the Lord, and he, everything he does is for Jesus. And I immediately was attracted to that. And of course, I made a promise to the Lord. I said, no, I'm here for you and you only. And I, I stayed committed to that, but, you know, at the same time, I was being drawn towards Josh. Yeah. And then, like he said, when we got back, he said, you know, 
would you like to go to dinner with me? <laughs> uh, where'd you guys go to dinner? Do you remember? Oh, the most romantic place ever. It's it's very 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 expensive. Of. It's called Chili's. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Great first date. Yeah. Great first date. So, Josh, I'm going to ask you the same question. What was it that if you had to pick one thing that made you fall in love with Melissa, what was that? Well, I don't know if I noticed this right away, but her humor was one thing that I, as ah. we got to know each other more, it was very, I, I loved that. That jailhouse humor? Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. Because we both have a very similar um, sense of humor. But obviously the most important thing is her heart for the Lord. And I knew that she was nervous um, about sharing the gospel. And I also knew, I could tell that she was nervous just being around people she didn't know, because I knew everybody. I'd been on this trip many times. It was her first time. And being able to watch her overcome that, like yeah. getting to know people and getting to share her faith was really amazing. And yeah. the more that I got to know her, especially when we actually were together, I realized like, wow, the Lord really is working in and through her because this is not her, like she does not like you know, being in those situations. It's not my comfort zone. It is not her comfort zone. So we're very yeah. different in that way because I love being around people and just talking and um, to strangers, and she doesn't necessarily like that. Yeah. Um, I, so even, I think I even told you um, when we were, you know, courting, I think it was at that, that time, we were sitting in a park and said, I just don't know if this is going to work, yeah. kind of jokingly. Yes. I'm like, because you you are so out there, and I I'm that's not me at all. Yeah. But, you know, the Lord kept us. Nice and, quiet. Yeah. You, or nice and quiet. Yeah. <laughs> You're nice and quiet. You're nice and, and um, extroverted. And mm. together you make a beautiful team. I was thinking about, um, I'm reading through Titus right now. And one of the things that we were noticing was that when it starts talking about picking elders, we noticed that it wasn't knowledge. It was character. You know, that they were, you, you saw these these character qualities that made godly leaders. You fell in love with her character, that she was willing to overcome that thing that made her most nervous. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so how do you feel about sharing the gospel now, Melissa? It's still scary, it? <laughs> but it's so worth it. I feel like when you share the gospel, it's scary to take that first step. But then once you start talking to somebody, you realize they're just a person like you. And m more often than not, you connect with somebody and you see this just like aha moment in them. Um, and you really do walk away feeling overjoyed. And you know, that cup of joy just keeps getting fuller and fuller and it overflows. And But you have to keep taking that step of faith, that step of faith and just doing it over and over again. So, and I'm not always, you know, I, sometimes I chicken out, a lot of the times I chicken out, but when I do take that step forward, the Lord really meets me there, so. Yeah. Do you guys go out naturally and just wherever you're at, you share the gospel as the Lord, the Holy Spirit just leads? Do you ever go out specifically just to share the gospel or is it where you're out naturally having coffee? Well, we used to lead a team for like 10 years at two different churches and we would go out weekly and then it turned into bi-weekly or, you know, it's every other week. Um, and so that was very intentional and that was like just the purpose of sharing the gospel. Um but now we're in a, in a different season of life, more kids, different church. So we don't really have that intentional, like, going out with the team. But, you know, as we're out and about, as opportunities come up, I'm always praying for opportunities. And so it might be at a coffee shop. It might be lately. I'm a flight instructor, so lately it's been with my students that, um, that I instruct. And, and those are different because it takes time, and it's, I really have to pray for them a lot that God would just open natural doors so it's not awkward and because I see them every day. Um, so it's almost like our audience has changed a little bit, but we still get to meet people that the strangers you know that we get to walk up to mm -hmm. and um, and have that conversation with. 
That's actually, as you were sharing that, I have seen on Facebook, I love, I'm, I'm terrified to fly, but I will because I told the Lord, I said, if you call me, I'm going to do it. Um, it takes a lot of prayer to get me in there. And then I look at you flying over St. Petersburg and it is so surreal and so beautiful. And I love that you're using that as an opportunity and you've got a captive audience, you know, while they're in there. (laughs) And I mean, I think of, um, very captive, that verse that says the glory of God, what is it? Mm -hmm. Um, the heavens declare the glory, the glory of God. God and yes. these guys proclaim the work of his ma- like the work of his hands. Like that is like the perfect place to be there. Melissa, yeah. what do you do for a living? I'm a nurse. And where do you work at? I work at um, an outpatient. Um, it's called a cardiac rehab okay. out of St. Anthony's. Um, and I love my job. I used to work on a floor, much more stress filled. Um, and so this is totally different, a totally different type of nursing, um, but I get to really connect with my patients where before you'd have them for a, a, a shift or two, maybe three, um, but now I see them, most of them for um, 12 weeks. Oh. They're with us coming in um, every other day throughout the week, and then you know we discharge them, we teach them healthy lifestyle um, things, how to exercise. It's a kind of, it's like the back end of nursing, which should be the front end, but it's the back end. But I, I love it. Yeah, because you get to build that relationship. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh, I yeah. love that God allows you to do that because your personality, as you said, that like you, it gives you that time to spend with them. Yes. Not that rushed and hurried feeling. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, I invited both Josh and Melissa on tonight because um, there is a testimony they have. And I'm we're naming this podcast Rory's Story for God's Glory. And so Rory is your daughter. And would you tell us, first of all, a little bit about your family and then introduce us to Rory? Okay. Well, our family is, you know, right now we've got a seven-year-old, a two-year-old, and a four-month-old. Two boys and a little girl. The little girl's four months old. and A girl. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So when when our seven-year-old had just turned one, we had been praying that he, we would have some, um, a daughter or a son, mm-hmm. some kind of a sibling for him. And we wanted more kids um, already. And so... We found out we were pregnant on our seven-year-old's first birthday. Wow. We were so excited. You know, it was like a perfect timing for that um, answer to prayer. And we began the planning and mm-hmm. pr- praying and just, you know, spreading the news. And everything was perfectly fine. And then about four to five months into the pregnancy, um, she went in for a routine appointment. So I didn't even go with her because it was just routine. Right. And the last pregnancy was perfectly fine. So we didn't even have anything to fear. And while she was in that appointment, the doctors, the doctor um, came back into the room with some specialists and that dreaded look, you know, on Mm. their face. And they shared that there was a lot of issues with the baby, that it was a girl, Mm. um, we found out, but that she had some heart problems, some brain problems, and, and maybe it's a chromosome issue. And they did some blood work two weeks later and they found out that it it is trisomy 18. And so we didn't know anything about any of that. And basically, the diagnosis was that she's not going to survive. And here's, you know, you can do abortion um, or maybe just have this baby that's not going to live. And, of course, an ab- abortion is not an option for us because this is, you know, a life that God has created. And at first, we were really gutted and just feeling totally broken. And our prayers were more to survive, like, God help us to get through this. And then... 
our prayers began to change. God began to build up faith inside of us. Mm-hmm. That we, we really believed, you know what? He's the same God today mm-hmm. that he was yes. in Exodus when he parted the sea mm-hmm. or when Jesus was delivering people from demons and healing them from diseases. And we just began to pray, God, heal our daughter. And then friends and family or friends like you, Mary, mm-hmm. uh, joined in and began to pray uh, with us and for us and for our daughter. We found out people from all around the world were praying. Um, so that by the time that the pregnancy had reached the end, I mean, there were thousands of people uh, yes. who, were, who were pleading, you know, for our, our little girl's healing. Yeah. That's such a hard, I mean, I, I can't even fathom. There's that, it's that place of um, faith, which is believing without seeing and knowing and walking through that. And as long as I live, I'll never forget your Rory. Um, for the people that go to Faith Covenant, we were all praying. Our women were praying through every step when you would post an update. Um, first of all, I just want to say one of the things I loved about your updates was that it was saturated in the Word of God. And so it was a faith-building experience. What a privilege and an honor for us to be able to join you as you're interceding for that for your baby, for your girl. Um, Melissa, I'm only imagining what that had to be like for you in that appointment. Um, tell us a little bit about your journey as a mom walking through this. So I'll, I'll just go back to the, um, moment in the room when I was, you know, having the ultrasound done, like Josh said, seemed okay until it didn't seem okay. They kind of, the ultrasound tech started looking a little closer and getting a little quieter. And I thought something's not right. Um, and then she left for, you know, however long it was, but it felt like forever. And I'm like, what is going on? And then when they came and delivered the news, it was almost like a scene in a movie where like the whole room was like mute. And all I saw was like lips moving. Cause it was just like one thing after the next, she has cysts on her brain, her hands are clenched, her heart has multiple deformities. She might live. And if she does, she'll have to have open heart surgery right away. And it was just, and then they all just like with one swoosh left the room. And we'll be right back to take you to talk to the heart specialist. And I literally collapsed on the floor and just started weeping and pleading with God, like, please, this can't be real. Like, what is happening? This is not our story. Um, So that was very hard. And then I called Josh. And, of course, he didn't answer because he was at work. And so I'm leaving these, you know, hysterical messages on his phone. And then as soon as he got the message, of course, he called me back and rushed there. He was there in, like, five minutes. Um, Oh, Josh, for you, I feel that in that moment hearing those messages come in. Yeah, I thought I forgot to take the trash out or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she yeah. She yeah. No, I, yeah, it, it was, I, I couldn't even understand what she was saying in the messages. And she actually had contacted my boss, mm-hmm. who we're friends with. Was a good friend and, of ours. And she was the one who I think actually was able to tell me, like, hey, you need to go to the hospital. Oh, praise the Lord. So, um, so yeah, so that that's where it all began. Um and, uh, you know, our story will unfold as we keep talking. But I honestly really didn't know what to think. I, I had so many mixed feelings, um, so many mixed emotions. We didn't know really what to do or yeah. where to go or how to move forward besides prayer. That's I think yes. that's the first thing we did was we just prayed, got together some very close friends and family and just started praying. Yes. What do we do? <laughs> yeah, because you're not sure what to do in a situation like that. You love mm-hmm. the Lord. You're spending time in the Word. It's that process that the sanctification of you walking through. So um, what would you say were some of the things that God taught you in the midst of this? Like looking back now, you can see his glory being weaved in with Roy's story. Well, one thing obviously was faith, mm-hmm. to trust him 
one, to trust that he's able to do something great. Um, you know, it's one thing to say that, to read that in Exodus or somewhere and say, yeah, yeah, I believe God could do, you know, does and will do great things. But it's another thing to be, to you yourself be in that situation mm-hmm. where you're standing mm-hmm. at the sea and you have to get across. Yeah. Now you're in it and it's very different if you still really believe that. Yes. And so we are forced to mm-hmm. either really yeah. believe that or, or not. And really the Lord, it's all him, you know, he, he sustained us, but he really grew our faith. Oh, and yeah. We genuinely believed with our whole heart that he was going to heal her, yeah. that, that he would um, heal her either in the womb or that she would just be born and it, it would be like, wow, this is an amazing um, story for his glory. And it did end up being an amazing story for his glory, but just a different way than what we mm. had hoped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. We, I'm sorry, but we just finished reading through the story of Joseph. And one of the things I think of him bowing down at 17 years old, telling his brothers, you know, that they're or not him bowing down, him um, dreaming that they were going to bow down, remember? But his story was not at all what he thought it was going to be. It was hard-earned in the midst of that. Um, And he, you know what? It kind of reminds me of what I saw you guys walk through. He kept his eyes on the Lord. Um, one One of our men that was walking through said that one of his takeaways was that even when he was in the pit or even when he was in jail, he said, um, you can see that Joseph had a relationship with God. We see that you had a relationship with God in the midst of that. So even though you didn't know what to do, you were submitted to the one who did. And we got to watch that play out. So um, you went on with your pregnancy. Were there moments where the doctors were offering hope? And was there any point where they stopped offering hope until then? Um, No, I don't think that there's... I don't think that there was too much hope. I don't think they ever gave us a sense that, yeah, maybe this could work out, you know, like she'll survive. I think that they are always very like, this is, you know, and we, we were praying like, Lord, do, do something big and show these doctors, you know, um, and, 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 you know, it, with Dr. Dr. Michael, I think of her mm-hmm. where she didn't. We we wanted him to heal Rory so that our doctor could see this miraculous healing mm-hmm. and just you know give her heart over to the Lord. And she didn't see that. What she saw were two very broken people in the delivery room holding their lifeless little girl, singing to the Lord. I mean, mm-hmm. we literally just that's all we could do. We were weeping and sobbing and just singing this song of praise to the Lord that's all we had in us and it was very broken and she she witnessed that and it it broke her down I think and I I think she she even said yeah she said I don't understand like why you guys have a faith like this while you're holding this lifeless little daughter of yours and I think that spoke to her more than if she would have seen a a miracle like if a living breathing little girl would have been in her arms Yeah. yeah so that was that was something yeah. That yeah. makes me want to pray for her, just being able to to see that. Do, have you seen her since in your subsequent pregnancies? Or We did. I, she was our doctor um, for, I think, two more after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I couldn't even go into the that practice anymore without anxiety kicking in or the, the memories of PTSD. Rory. Yeah, it was total yeah. PTSD. And so I switched practice, not because I didn't want her as my doctor, just because all the memories, totally I just would break down. That. Yeah. So what did um, delivery look like? Did you go into labor naturally? Well, actually, we went for uh, 41 weeks in a day. We went in for an appointment because she was, you know, seven days over her due date. And in that appointment, they could not find a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. And so we had to schedule her to be induced the next morning. So the next morning we came to the hospital 
And a lot of our friends also came and family, mm -hmm. and they were praying and waiting in the waiting room. And we were there for, it took many, many, many hours before she was finally born. And when she was, you know, she, uh, she was lifeless. And, but she was a full baby. You know, she was yeah. only, f what, four? She was a little over four pounds. Yeah. Wow. So because of the, because of the trisomy um, 18 condition, she's obviously much smaller. She looked a little bit different in, in certain ways than a, a normal baby. But she was clearly such a, a beautiful wow. little girl. And we held her, you know, that whole, um, the whole rest of the day. Yeah. And it wasn't until probably close to midnight that we did, you know, the, the hardest thing we've, we've ever had to do, which was to put her in a, like a little basket that the hospital provided us. And we had to leave the hospital with, without her and go home to an empty nursery, no answered prayer, no miracle, yeah. and no answers. Yeah. Very, very perplexed, very mm -hmm. broken. Where, where was God in that for you? When you? How did you go from that place to seeing God in the midst of that hard moment? To be honest, in that very moment, it took a while for me to, you know, reconnect with the Lord because I was angry. I was yeah. I was hurt and crushed and angry. And I remember after, you know, laying Rory down that little basket, Josh literally held me up as we walked down the hall. And I was just, I'm sure everyone in the hospital heard me just wailing. Yeah. And we got home and I went in her nursery and just laid on the floor. And the next day I went to Home Depot, got paint and just painted the room because it wasn't her nurse. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 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 It's that grieving period. And I'm, I'm thinking one of the things you walked through was a grieving process after that, that you can't imagine what we're going to do. This is such a hard moment, but we're going to, we're going to stop uh, for this night and we're going to come back and we're going to finish this episode next week because we I'm, stay with us audience because I want you to hear how God is glorified and lifted up in Rory's story. Thank you for listening to Kingdom Conversations. We look forward to you joining us next week.